Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces. But do you know why they are Difference Makers? This is Difference Makers, a podcast dedicated to highlighting Savannah's key players and what they bring to our city. From leaders in the business community to those on the arts and cultural scene, in philanthropy, in government, and in education. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News. Thank you for listening. Raz Misher is a kindred spirit to those of us who produce this show. He's a self-proclaimed geek. He admires tenacious entrepreneurs and loves learning from and about them. And he thinks podcasts are the greatest thing since Firestarter logs. I'm joined today on Difference Makers by Raz Misher, who might be a name that not a lot of you know yet, but that is changing. He is a young entrepreneur here in town and has really looking like he's going to pioneer on the digital side, particularly when it comes to podcasts and helping small business owners in town connect with audience. And uh, Raz, first of all, thanks for coming. With that, kind of share a little bit about yourself. I know that you're a relative newcomer to Savannah, correct? Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, been here three years now. Uh, traveled down for my wife's job and all that good stuff. But I guess first and foremost, I'm a dad. And, you know, my kids are usually with me wherever I go. Got one here and here today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad first. Uh, second, I'm a podcaster uh, and entrepreneur. And I just want to I just want to help people, yeah. you know. So where did it start? I heard something about growing up in North Carolina and selling lollipops out of your jacket as an <laughs> elementary school student. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just, I guess just imagine me squished out a little bit probably safe size squished out uh with the uh the yellow tigger jacket on with the zipper looks like a pouch mm-hmm. and i would have like money and change and dollar store suckers in there right. and i was just i was i was the guy you need the old full service gas station thing on your belt you change <laughs> that's the, right the flip of a switch right, right. so that was in, in statesville North yeah, Carolina, yeah, right? yeah what, statesville. Was, what was it like growing up in, in that part of the crossroads of two major interstates i guess uh Smaller than you would think. Yeah. Uh, it's the logo as you walk go into the city is Crossroads of the Future, but that's not quite what it is. <laughs> <laughs> if your future is elsewhere, that's right. right. That's not quite what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I have uh, I had the same story as um, you know most most black men. Honestly, like you know raised by a single mother, poor neighborhood, um, saw you know all kinds of crime and drugs just right outside of my window. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was. Honestly, it was a good life because I was raised by a community and I had a lot of people around me who cared about me. I had my mother there always. My aunts and uncles were just right there down the street. So uh, it was it was a good life. I'm blessed. And from there to Chapel Hill. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Got a full scholarship because I was smart and poor. Uh (laughs) So I was able to go to uh, get a um, degree in African-American studies Mm -hmm. and met my wife, played in the band. 
Uh, started a band fraternity while I was there. Oh, wow. So I'm a founding member of fraternity yeah. at the University of North Carolina, and it's, which is crazy because it's still going strong. I went back for the 10-year anniversary, mm-hmm. and it's still just flourishing. So that's awesome. Do they remember the founders? Or they're like, uh, who's that no, guy? They definitely do. They, uh, they do. It's crazy. Make you feel good, I'm sure. It does. <laughs> it does, yeah. But, so talk about playing the, the tuba in the marching band at UNC. What, what was that experience like? That was awesome. Uh, because if you're walking around, I'm, and I'm short, I'm five six. So if you walk around, the, the tuba makes me feel taller, first of all. But you also become like a uh, you know a mini celebrity because everybody sees the tuba. That's right. Yeah. But it was cool because I got to go to all the as a tuba player, I got to go to all the uh, elite eights and final fours, and I went to a national championship with the men's basketball team, and we traveled all around all around the nation for so you know you were, for free. You yeah. were probably on when they came back from break and they showed the band at CBS. You were right there. That's right. I was there. I grew up in Ohio, not far from Ohio State University. Oh, and, of man. course, the tuba, the sousaphone yeah. there is a huge deal with, That's the, right. with the dotting of the I and the other things with That's that. Right. When, when you say that playing a tuba made you a celebrity, mm-hmm. is that does, does that get you girls? Does that get you free beers when you go out to the bar? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> 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 no, because you still have the uniform <laughs> that you have to wear. <laughs> so it's not, it's, it's, it'll take a, it takes a lot to overcome that. Yeah. But so luckily I met my wife, and right. she was in the band. It was my right. only hope. <laughs> and she played the clarinet? Yeah, she played the clarinet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. So, so I'm not going to talk bad about her skills on the, on the air. No, no, please don't, because <laughs> I'm sure she will be listening at some point. And she'll probably say, Little Raz, why didn't you poke Dag when he said this about her? <laughs> <laughs> right. And and Ohio State was an option because I did always admire the guy who high stepped out there to the eye. Yeah. And then yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, well, it's a lot warmer in Chapel Hill than in Columbus in <laughs> December. So that's true. Keep that in mind. So. Transition from there, you you start your professional career and you mentioned your wife and I think that you more or less were kind of adjusting to, to her schedule. Is that's that right. right? Her, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She had a she had a dream. Uh, to become a pharmacist she achieved that and that took us from so by the time my son was five we moved eight times Mm -hmm. uh just from because of her career doing apprenticeships and doing you know wanting to be closer to school because she so she graduated the top of her class uh while she was pregnant Mm -hmm. you know you know and then Mm -hmm. carolina is like one of the most uh, it's either the number one or two pharmacy school in the nation and she's at the top of her class there and she's in all these other fraternities. So I, I married a, I have, like, I have to up. do a lot of stuff just so I can keep up with her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I married an achiever, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. And while she's doing that, you're trying some different things. Yeah. Kind of walk us through your your path from playing the tuba and getting out of college to where you are now in terms of your professional career. Right out of college, I attempted a business with two good friends. Uh, we're still friends. Uh, and it was called PRS. It was a personal recycling services. Uh, got a truck, got a whole bunch of signage. It was a corporation. We had all the nice-looking folders and biters and stuff, but it was a failure. Like, we just couldn't get it together. Right. Uh, we didn't know what, what it really took for business. Mm-hmm. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. so if we went back and tried it again, we could yeah. definitely get it done because I've had so much experience since then. That's right. But, yeah, at the time. So that was a failure. Uh, then I became a real estate agent, which is a uh, just – a cheaper way to get an MBA, in my opinion, Um, because you have to know about sales, you have to know about people skills, you have to understand finance and negotiating, contracts, contracts, yeah, learn how to read legalese, all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, so I I did that. I did that in Charlotte for two years, Uh, met some wonderful people, 
Uh, went to Chicago, got my license again, and tried it in Chicago. It just didn't work out. But uh, yeah, and so in Chicago, that's and this is where real estate is where I got into podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2013, I started my first podcast. It was called The New Agent Edge, and it was my idea to interview expert real estate experts all around the nation and get advice on how a real estate beginner, a new agent, could succeed as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And I did about seven episodes and stopped. Right. But that's like the average. Have you heard that saying before? I hadn't heard that. Okay. Yeah. So most podcasts collapse, you know, never make it past seven episodes. Or George is stubborn around here. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) That's be the rule. (laughs) Yeah. So how many many have you guys done so far? Uh, This Difference Maker, I think it'll be 12 or 13. Okay. And the daily podcast, we're over 100 now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, uh, you you guys are up there. We're staying busy. Yeah. We're staying busy. But uh, so that obviously planted a seed for you mm-hmm. and when you came, when you ended up here in Savannah, you decided to devote a little bit more time to that. What uh, did you see a niche here? I guess is the question. Yes. Well, I saw I saw an opportunity because mm-hmm. nobody understand, understands podcasting here. Mm-hmm. So I saw an opportunity for me to become the podcasting guy in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've slowly, I've branded myself like that. Uh, this is just the podcast like I know about podcasting. So as Slovana, Slovanians right. <laughs> learn right. about podcasting, right. uh, then I'll be the guy they come to. Yeah. So that's that's what that's what I'm working towards. Right. And you walk them through just delivery, technical aspects, pushing it up to the internet, marketing, everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. Everything. Some things I'm better at, but a, a lot of it's just like launching. So my my goal is to. I don't like saying uh, full service, but right. It's, I mean, I guess that's what it is. Right. But anyway, so I work mostly with business owners mm-hmm. because there is a. It's extreme value there for businesses mm-hmm. because it's a chance for them to engage with their uh, their clients, past, present, and future, in a, a, a bigger way. It's also a chance for them to be seen as an expert in the industry. That's right, right? Because if you are the guy interviewing people or the one or the woman interviewing people, mm-hmm. then now you become associated with that person if they're an expert in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just it's a lot of ways for business owners to really build a brand and an expertise and the authority for their mm-hmm. business. Right. And as you get traction in that, you look at Leaders Forum International. You kind of walk us through the whole idea behind that yeah. uh, network that you started. Yeah, yeah. So so I have two companies, uh, Podcast on the Go is what we just talked about, and Leaders Forum International. Uh, Leaders Forum is just a way for me to give back and say thank you to the uh, small business owners in the city who are doing amazing things in the community. Uh, right offhand, I can't. So one of the stories that I love to tell uh, is a lady I interviewed, and I'm going to have on Leaders Forum soon, but I interviewed on my radio show recently, last year, and she owns, can I name drop here? It doesn't matter. Sure. Okay, cool. So she owns uh, Faith Equestrian Thera- Therapeutic Center, Okay. Yep. which is, uh, yeah, so yep. anyway, so what they do is they help disabled kids learn how to ride horses, and she told me a story about one kid who was, who was nonverbal, right, couldn't speak, hasn't spoken a lot since he was a little kid, and you know, she takes them in, teaches them how to, uh, you know, care for a pony. They start them out small, care for a pony, then takes them up to riding with assistance. And then over time, teaches them how to get on and hold the reins and do all this stuff by, by itself. Uh, so it was, it was his day to go just by itself. And Bonnie's her name. But she, you know, she said, okay, uh, Billy, it's your, it's your time. I don't know if that's his name or not. <laughs> Billy, it's your, it's your turn. It's your time to go. And, like, he just... He takes the reins and he yells out, go. And to be a nonverbal kid, like just to, to imagine like 
the mm-hmm. mother standing right there. Right. You know, not hearing yeah. her kids speak for 10, 12, Forever. 15 years. Yeah. And then to hear them say go. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> just you know, th- these are the people doing amazing things in the community. Great things, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, that, you know, so that's that's my goal with LFI is just to say thank you yeah. to them and to get them more um, visibility. And another side of that is is you've interviewed a lot of people now, close to 100, and you've started to pick up on some trends, mm-hmm. correct? What are some of those trends? Uh, so number one is faith. Uh, the most successful people have faith. Uh, not necessarily Christianity, but just faith in their mission mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you know, faith, courage, and ignorance kind of all synonyms to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like right. You, have to, you have to have those in order to yeah. start a business and do something that you believe in. That's right. So that, that's, that's one. Bonnie, uh, with Faith the Question, she said that she had faith. She said it was, it was a vision that God sent her that she had to start it. And she started it 10 years ago, I think, with one acre and one horse mm-hmm. and one client. And now 10 years later, she has a bunch of horses and multiple, multiple acres. And, you know, it's helped dozens, if not hundreds of children. So faith is big. Um, another one is uh, tenacity. You know, you have to keep going. Yeah. You have to keep going. You can't stop. Uh, I interviewed Jesse Cole of the Bananas. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, He's uh, been in here for this. Yeah. He's also, got it. Tenacity. Oh, man. Sure. Tell me about it. He's got more than tenacity. He's definitely a mentor of mine. So I don't want to, uh, you know. Praise him too much, <laughs> but <laughs> no, they, they, he and his wife are very deserving of the, all the praise. Definitely, right? All the success. And, yes, got. and like the story of uh, him, like moving to Savannah, not having anything, mm-hmm. and like sleep, like sleeping in a place with like where roaches are crawling around or the mattress on the floor, and being told it'll never work, and being told it'll never work. Yeah. You know, and but still going and believing in what they did. Mm-hmm. So that that's tenacity is what it really takes. Mm-hmm. Um, or something else that's two things what else did I say mentorship mentorship yeah, yeah it definitely takes mentorship like uh, so another one of my mentors is uh, Miss Lori Brown of uh, Aunt Lori's mm-hmm. are you familiar with them at mm-hmm. all anyway so she uses um, employability to create okay I know you're yeah, talking about now yeah. yeah yeah so she uses employability to create uh, local low country themed baskets gift baskets mm-hmm. and they they put the baskets together and she sells them on her website mm-hmm. and like she's my mentor and it's like my score mentor but then I met her mentor and I didn't you know I was like okay so you're my my grand mentor right yeah. so I'd be like just that that triangle like I feel like she's successful because of that because she has a mentor and because she's mentoring somebody else mm-hmm. that's a big reason and every um, a vast majority of the uh, interviews I've done and small business owners I've interviewed they have mentors and have mentees mm-hmm. and the fact that they take time out of their busy schedules to give back, I, it's, it's just good karma there. Right, karma. Yeah. Right. So you uh, get daily inspiration. Oh yeah. Take it from oh yeah. Being with all these people every day. It's Does it get your wheels cooking? I want to try that. I want yeah. to try that. <laughs> Too much. There's a danger to that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you ask my wife, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a new idea today. Yeah. Let him out of the house every day. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's a bad thing. So you have yeah. to stick with what what's really working. But anyway, but yeah. yeah. So that. That right. Um, it's a couple other things, but it's on my phone and my son has my phone. That's quite all right. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a, a deep dive here in just a second and and really dig into podcasts. But let's get a quick break and talk to us. Get a sponsor read in, right, Zach? Difference Makers is brought to you by Do Savannah, the city's best and most comprehensive arts and entertainment resource. Available in print and online and featuring a regular podcast, Do Savannah and DoSavannah.com are where Savannians can learn about events. 
such as the December Nights and Holiday Lights celebration at the Coastal Georgia Botanical Gardens, which opens Thanksgiving weekend. Check the website regularly to find information about other things to do in Savannah, such as the upcoming Savannah Book Festival and the Savannah Stopover Music Fair. We're at the point of the podcast now where we take a bit of a deeper dive on some more theoretical topics. And with Raz here, of course, we need to talk about digital media, social media, podcasts, and just kind of the the shift we're seeing in how we communicate and consume things as a society. And I know from talking to you beforehand, the, the word that I use the word a lot, and you used it unprompted, and that was engagement. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the engagement opportunities now and is there a ceiling is what's the potential uh i don't think there's any ceiling <laughs> i don't think there's any ceiling with podcasting you have the opportunity to speak your mind and, and give your authentic point of view and that's the easiest way to stand out so just to be yourself because there's only one of you you know so that's the easiest way to stand out because we talked about that a little bit too is just how crowded the market is mm-hmm. and how hard it is to stand out mm-hmm. you know if you're somebody like a jesse cole then it's easy to stand out yeah. but for most yeah, of us yellow tuxedo <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah but for most of us that's that's not the case right so uh you know but our minds are all different our point of views are all different so if you can start a podcast for your company or for your hobby or for your interest and like put yourself into it then you have no ceiling you know you have there's there's no there's no boundaries to where you can go. Why do you think it has more potential than, say, a blog? Is it because people are speaking and it's just more personal? I, th- I think it's. Uh, I think that's that's the case because you hear a voice, and the human race mm-hmm. has always communicated with some type of words, or auditory words. Before mm-hmm. we wrote, we spoke and grunted at each other. Yeah. So it's just something innate inside of all of us. Um, and when you find a podcast that you really love, that person can become honestly a conscience because you're doing it while you're doing other mundane tasks and you're just hearing them in the back of your mind. Right. So if you if you find a good motivational speaker or a good cook or a good business leader, then that person becomes your uh, conscience in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because and I think it's growing more so than a blog because you can do it while you're doing other things. That's right. You know, you can work out, do the dishes. you can walk, yeah. commute, uh, do it. Like you said, do the dishes, vacuum, whatever you want to do. Uh, while you're listening to a podcast, right? Do you worry about the saturation? No, I mean I, I have my I have a short list of people that I look for. Every once in a while, I try to look and see if I can find something else. And the returns are just mm-hmm. you kind of get buried under the returns. Mm-hmm. How do you cut through the How do you cut through the clutter? Uh, consistency. That's that's the biggest thing. Just like we said earlier, tenacity. It goes with podcasting too. There's going to be a lot of clutter, but like I said, most podcasts stop after seven. If you get 100 episodes in, you're in the top 1% already. Yeah. You know, so if you just keep going, people will find you and stick with you yeah. and share you. So that's that's the biggest piece of advice is just keep going. Yeah, there's only so many Joe Rogans and Bill Simmons. That's right. That's right. And even, they, even they'll fall off sooner or later. Yeah. You know, there's no more Johnny Carson, but he was, right. he was the guy, that's you know, a long time ago. Right. But they'll fall off. You'll have a chance. When you work with clients and they talk about, hey, Faith Equestrian, you have an you a, a opportunity here to reach – uh, parents or families with kids with disabilities. You mm-hmm. have a also have the potential to reach people interested in the equine community. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of guide them or nudge them toward their content, or do you not? Do you say be yourself and let's see what you have to say? That's, that's a hard question. Uh, here's, here's an example. So I work with a, a local law firm 
the trial attorneys and they just we're going to launch a pe- uh, podcast with them in january uh, called the great trials podcast mm-hmm. and they are they're very successful attorneys themselves trial lawyers themselves but they started something where they're interviewing the best attorneys who've won the biggest cases in the nation mm-hmm. so for them it's, it's natural you know like they're they're going to talk about things that you know, matter the content that matters, the things that trial attorneys want to talk about, but it'll also come back to like their their personality is still going to flow in because after ten episodes, you're going to hear what they really care about, and you're going to hear a little bit more about themselves and their family. And so, it, I stick with the content that you think the listeners will will want, but your authentic self will come out sooner or later. Yeah. I think that's really the big challenge in terms of doing a, a a podcast for my professional life is how much of my personal self do I show versus mm-hmm. how much of, you know, from a professional journalistic standpoint do I mix in there? Having listened to a lot of different ones, it seems like it's good to find a, a good balance of both. Have yeah. you found that as well? Yeah. So my my whole thing is uh, not necessarily balance. Like everybody talks about work, work-life balance, mm-hmm. but mine is more of a harmony. Uh, so I just try and like right now I have my son here. Mm-hmm. So so he hears it, you know, so he sees it. So it's he's not listening, but it's going in there subconsciously somehow. Like, so I, I believe in harmony. So I, I put it all out there. If it's time, if somebody asks me a question, I'll tell them. But, you know, so I, just whatever's natural to you, yeah. whatever's natural, whatever you feel good with. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So a lot of podcasts are geared like our podcasts are geared to Savannah. This Difference Makers is largely geared to people in this community who are interested in hearing from the leaders in our community you have a lot of podcasts that are gardening attorneys Mm -hmm. uh, sports you have the serial podcasts that are more fictional right you have tedx what's on your list what uh i guess it's whatever you're interested in right yeah for you personally what do you stick to oh man um one of my favorite is like it's gonna be weird, but it's like a manga. Right? It's an anime that I listen to. Is that <laughs> right? I'm a dork. Yeah. yeah, I'm a geek uh, behind the sheets, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I listen to a it's a weekly manga uh, anime podcast that I listen to over and over because it is so niche because it's just on one anime. So I, I think that's the secret if you're gonna start a podcast is to is to just do Savannah right because that's that's the niche and then people will find it. People are going to search for Savannah in iTunes. So iTunes is the second biggest uh, search engine after Google. Right. So people are going to search for Savannah and your podcast, Difference Makers, is going to come up. Right. So uh, that's, you know, niche it down is, is the best advice I can give you. And I think that's cool. I think it's cool what you guys are doing. So like, what, what was the idea behind uh, behind this podcast? It was just that. It was We have a lot of community leaders in this town and people know who they are. They may know their face. They may know their names. But at the end of the day, do they really know that much about them? Mm-hmm. And what do we think we can do to give the people in the community a little bit deeper look at the people in this community, get to know them the better, get to know them beyond the sound bites? And you know, like we were mentioning we during our break that we had one with Rob Hernandez, the city manager, mm-hmm. and people just know Rob Hernandez is a guy that tried to impose the fire fee, right? <laughs> well, it goes a lot deeper than that so right. we bring him in here and do that and you know obviously especially having you on people have you're kind of an underground sensation and, uh, <laughs> and they're like okay well, who is this guy so let's 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 bring him in and talk about what he's doing and and see what we can learn so that's kind of the the whole impetus of this one the other podcast that we do the daily podcast the commute mm-hmm. is more geared toward we put out a daily newspaper that has 
whatever the biggest news of the day is. Well, this pod, the podcast is let's take a piece of that mm-hmm. and have a discussion about that, make it a little bit shorter, share it out, give people a little bit of a taste of what's going on locally every day. That's awesome. And uh, it's uh, it's been a learning experience. <laughs> it sure, always is. It's I'm never sure, perfect, right? I'm sure you know. <laughs> and it's going to continue to evolve, and that's kind of the beauty of it. That's right. It's kind of the beauty of it. That's right, yeah. And I think that's awesome. And like especially with Savannah being such a touristy town, mm-hmm. uh, People coming to Savannah, wanting to visit Savannah, are going to search for Savannah and iTunes. They're going to search for Savannah on YouTube and in Google Play, and they're going to pull up Difference Makers. They're going to pull up The Commute, mm-hmm. and they're going to learn more about Savannah because of what you guys are doing. Yeah. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I well, think most awesome. people that visit Savannah want them to hear everything that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that aside. So let's talk about audience. I mean, I think that's really kind of what we're, what we're tiptoeing around here is, mm-hmm. is people – maybe have not embraced podcasting yet or not enough people where do you see the audience trends going uh is this we mentioned blogs earlier and and we've seen a lot of other things that have started fast and petered out and the changing Mm -hmm. what we know that podcasts are probably going to stick we've talked about why Mm -hmm. how do you grow the audience and and how many conversations do you have with people about audience yeah um audience is is big of course right because you want you want the engagement. You want whatever your goals are to be accomplished, and you can't do that without an audience. It just depends on the biggest thing you can do. Number one thing, first off, is to get on other podcasts mm-hmm. because that's where you already know their podcast listeners there, right? <laughs> right? And if you do a good job on that podcast, they're going to subscribe to yours. And it's, mm-hmm. if, if they already know what a podcast is, they know it's extremely easy to subscribe and listen to a good podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one thing you can do is to get on other um, related podcasts. The second thing is to uh, don't look at the numbers. <laughs> don't look at the numbers because you're going to get discouraged, especially starting off because there's always a there's always a rise and then there's a dip, and then you got to slowly make your way back up, just like a roller coaster. Uh, so, and then you know some episodes you j- you just don't know which one's going to be. Like you said, uh, Mr. Hernandez mm-hmm. had a great episode. Mm-hmm. You, you never would have thought it mm-hmm. uh, before he came in. Yeah, so. Number one is get on other podcasts. Number two, don't look at the numbers. And number three, um, just know who your audience is. And don't don't worry about the numbers on other podcasts, on yours, because if you are, what matters most is, the like you said before, the engagement. If you can get on a podcast that maybe has a thousand listeners a month, but it's a very niche, um, specific podcast, every single one of those thousand people will want to talk to you. Very engaged audience. Yes, that's right. Versus being on a podcast like, you know, versus being on a podcast with 100,000 listeners, but only 100 of them want to talk to you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's such a general podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fo- focus on the niche audience and don't worry about the numbers. Yeah. Have you, as you feel, and maybe you've actually studied it, but length of podcast, frequencies of podcasts, is there is there any kind of... Uh, best practices that you've come across? Uh, number one is just consistency. Uh, as long as you're doing it every week at the same time, it doesn't matter how long or how short it is mm-hmm. um, or how many episodes you put out. It's as, long as, you, as long as you can do it consistently because that's what people are going to, you know, if you're going to do this every Tuesday, people want to know that when I pull up my podcast, my podcatcher on my phone, that I'm going to see your new podcast, new episode in there. That's what people want to see. That's right. They want to know you're there. Uh, but outside of that, no. I think the average is around 20 minutes because that's what most people's commute is, 20 to 30 minutes or so. But a lot of a lot of podcasts now, especially if it's famous people or somebody really notable, uh, around an hour, hour and a half, like they're very long. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah a couple. I, I listened to, to Bill Simmons, which is sports and pop culture. Mm-hmm. He's always like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Tony Kornheiser is right around an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's interesting that they, they have gotten longer. And I and I think the beauty of it is is I might not listen to it all in one sitting. That's right. But I I can come back to it. That's right. That's right. Especially if it's a great podcast, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the thing. It's, it's weird because everybody I talk to now says that people's attention spans are getting slower. So we can only do five minutes. You know, we can only do a minute. I want to do a podcast that's five minutes because nobody's going to sit there and watch it. But then you have these very successful podcasts that are an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, and people are downloading like crazy. So I don't know what the trend is. I don't know what the change is or what they're doing differently. You were mentioning attention spans. For me, it's kind of like a, a great book. You know, if, if a great book grabs me early, I'm pretty much in. And I think it's almost the same with podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, it's not like radio program where you're in 10 or 12-minute chunks. They might have a sponsor read. They might have an ad in the middle of a podcast. But odds are the ad's going to be on the front end or the sponsor read's going to be pretty much blended into the rest of the podcast. Right. It's almost quality over quality over anything else. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh what grabs people, I guess? Is it just, is it story? It's storytelling. It's right? storytelling. That's what grabs people, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and if you have a, it's, it's storytelling. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. The, does your story engage? Does your story uh, pull people in? Does it, does it talk about uh, tragedy and triumph mm-hmm. and overcoming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you can get people to, you know, with this podcast, if you can get people to uh, pull that out of people, right. then it's going to be a great program. Yeah. So a lot of times what I, what I did at first when I had my radio show is I would pull out the best clip and put it at the beginning, yeah. and that got me a lot of views. Yeah. But it was also a lot of work. <laughs> so I stopped yeah. doing it. To rearrange it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. stopped doing it. But that's that's the ideal way to do it. Yeah. Because the first, you know, 30 seconds, three minutes is the most valuable, you know, chunk of time there is in a podcast. Right. Synergy across platforms. I mean, obviously, a podcast works well on its own, but if you can blend it with a website, with a social media component, how much of that cross pollinate? How important is that cross pollination? And is it at all? It is. It is uh, <clears throat> something like a tactic that I use a lot, and I recommend people use is to to like video record your podcast if you can. Uh, so, like even in here, you guys could get like a, a GoPro and just get one shot of everything, and then you could take that and put that on YouTube. And then you could pull the audio from it and put that in iTunes. Right. And then you could take clips of the best parts of each episode and put those on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or wherever else. So it's like, you know, one, you know, one sit one sitting, but you're getting so many other platforms out of that. Because people on Facebook aren't gonna sit there and watch an hour. Right. You know, their thumbs are ready to work out. You know, their work, thumbs are ready to get a workout in. People on Twitter just want, you know, something very short. But people on iTunes and YouTube will sit there and watch for hours. And they might see 30 seconds of it on Twitter and say, I'm going to watch the whole thing, come back and watch it or listen to it later. Absolutely right. Yeah. And like you said, the potential is limitless. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up here, can you talk a little bit about Savannah's reception to digital realm? I know we talked earlier about Slovannah. Yeah. And obviously, it's a generational thing. It's not just Savannah. But do you get the sense that? That Savannah's, I don't want to say reluctant, or or is it just the fact that it's just not hasn't gotten enough traction here, whereas in a place like Chicago or Atlanta or something else, it's more pervasive. Yeah, definitely not enough traction. Uh, I don't think there's enough very successful ones yet here mm-hmm. to where people there's enough word of mouth and buzz in the area to really jump on one. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, 
like I said, it is slow banner. So I, I get people every week, literally every week, message me on Facebook. What is a podcast uh, from the area? And, you know, and how can it help their business? A lot of times they just want a lot of times they want traction in their business. But what they rather do is just pay for an ad, I think. Yeah. But it's easier. It's, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Because with podcasting, you can you have to put in some work and you, you have to have tenacity. You have to have consistency. You have to have a love for what you're talking about in order to keep it going. And hopefully uh, over time, <laughs> it'll it'll grow and everybody will know what a podcast is. Yeah. And we'll both be doing very well. That's right. We'll already be at the top. Of, we'll already That's be right. ahead of the game. We're ahead of it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, Raz, thanks very much for coming in today and participating. It's been enlightening and enjoyable adam thank you for having me man this is this is awesome the studio is awesome and i'm glad you guys are doing it too there's no competition in podcasting i don't th- i don't think there's any competition in this town not not too much yet <laughs> we want to keep it that way that's don't, right we want that's we, we want right. to keep it a little bit of a secret right <laughs> so that we don't have a bunch of competition we'll see that's right well thank you for having me i appreciate it Thank you for listening to the Difference Makers podcast, a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. We post a new episode every other Friday, and it's available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also publish a daily news and opinion podcast called The Afternoon Commute. Search for The Commute with that Savannah Opinion and subscribe to our podcast today. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.